It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Club at 22, the Rangers podcast is supported by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with code CLUBAT22. Your balls will thank you. Hello everyone and welcome to Club Deck Corner here on Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. I am your host Scott Carney and I'm joined by Ali Pearson. Ali, how are you? Brilliant. I'm looking forward to this international weekend where we can sit and watch Scotland. <laughs> Not <laughs> unlike Scotia below us here. Yeah. All right, Scotia, how's it going? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Um, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm lucky that I've got investment in the national team, so um, it's not as bad for me as it is for you guys. So at least that'll get me through while we wait while we wait for this massive semi-final coming up in a couple of weeks. The, the international break is the only time I don't plan my life around football. Um, I very much have very little planned. I'm just like, well, I don't really care if I see it or I don't see it. I mean, if I'm sitting down I'll, and I'm in front of telly, I'll probably watch it, yeah, but I don't really, really don't think about watching it, which is a shame. It's just never really been for me. Um, but yes, we're into the dreaded international break for some, not for all. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're going to have to wait a wee while until the, a massive game coming up at Hamden against Hibs. Um, so we are going to go through um, the Ross County game. And since we've got no game to preview as yet, we're going to take a wee dive into the rumour mill, uh, probably spend a bit more time on one particular rumour that's flying about around, uh, flying around just now anyway. Uh, before we get started, Manscaped uh, supports Club at 22, the Rangers podcast, who are the best in men's below the waist grooming, not Club at 22, I mean, I mean Manscaped are. Uh, uh, if you go to manscaped.com, use the code Club at 22, you will get 20% off and free shipping, uh, and you will be supporting our podcast if you do and your balls will definitely thank you so we, are, we thank you to everybody that has used the code so far um, so if you can 
please continue to do so. Spread the word. Send the code to your pals. Uh, that would be much appreciated. So we'll get into the Ross County game. Um, obviously, Rangers winning 4 2 on Sunday over Ross County. Ali, um, the soundbite uh, you gave us all was Rangers will not concede. <laughs> um, what's, your, what's your thoughts on the game, Ali? I'd like to apologise to all the Rangers fans out there because I obviously put the kiss of death on it by saying Rangers well, is, will not is, concede. It's clearly your fault now. Yeah, it's my so fault, it's... so I'll, I'll take that in the chin, to be honest. I'm never, ever going to say that statement again, even if we are playing some <laughs> diddy team like... I don't know, Ross, Albion Rovers like Ross, or something. Like Ross County. Nah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, honestly, never. I, I, did, I, I could see it coming, but at the same time, I, I thought that was a game that we wouldn't concede. I, I don't know if you're going to touch in the lineup quickly, Kai, in terms of who was who was starting, but um, I mean, I met Scotia in, a, in the pub beforehand. We all. We all predicted our teams, obviously, in the the preview show. I know Scotia wasn't on, but he gave me his team in the pub, and none of us were even close to it. I would love to know a Rangers fan that predicted that team because it was. Yeah. I looked at it and went, "Oh God, right, okay." Um, no roof, no Morelos. I'd like to know the last time the two of them sat on the bench, Sakala through the middle. It was very attacking, and. Um, I was I was I was quite looking forward to it, to be fair because it was really attacking Bakuna in there as well and pacing the team with Kent obviously Sakala as well Hadji was back in which we all thought but I just just for looking at the lineup it was um, it was bold by Gerard I thought it was really bold in terms of he made the changes and um, I was actually quite looking forward to the game. Yeah, so was I, mate, to be completely honest. I think uh, the team came out of nowhere. Everybody was really shocked by it. Me and Ryan mentioned it on the, the post-match as well that we'd done on Sunday. Nobody's seen it coming, literally nobody, especially Bakuna starting as well. I think that's the kind of biggest shock. And in my personal opinion, he, he didn't have um, reward, uh, repay Gerard's um, decision to... To play him, uh, I thought he was particularly good. We will come on to speak about him. Uh, Scotia, just your initial thoughts on the game and particularly the kind of lineup as well. Yeah, I mean overall, it was fairly decent, more than decent actually. Um, I mean, take everything out of context, but yeah, that that starting lineup shocked me really. It's, it was like an American football kind of ice hockey esque kind of team. <laughs> where one half was attacking, one half was defence. There was like no one in the midfield. So yeah, that, that that shocked me and didn't see that coming to be honest. Because he usually he usually likes to leave, like play a strong team the last game before an international break and just empty the tank kind of thing. So yeah, that shocked me that so many big players were rested. I, I think, think it was... I, do, I do I do I do sorry I do, I do think though that if we hadn't made an asset on Thursday night, he potentially would have played the same team that played Motherwell because I, I I did say that if. That team that played Motherwell went into the Bromby game and put a a good performance in and a win. They could potentially then play on the Sunday because of the international break. But I, I think Thursday really forced his hand, Gerard, in terms of no, I'll I'll make the changes and and show some players that they they need to step up. Yeah, I can't really disagree with that. I think Gerard sent out a wee bit of a statement. And yeah, we were playing the bottom of the league, Ross County, yes, but it's still a, a must-win game. You're at Ibrox, it's, every game's a must-win. So he, Gerard's not the type to take 
risks, maybe calculated risks, yes, but he doesn't tend to make too many risks. And I think he's just rewarded a few players, obviously, for their efforts they're probably shown in training. Uh, and yeah, you're right to to send a wee message to the the, the other other players within the team that are not really not really cutting the mustard just now and not really performing the way that Gerard wants or putting the effort levels in that Gerard wants. So, I mean, I was all for the team, genuinely. I always was. Uh, it was one of them one of them decisions that I thought, well, yeah, I mean, live by the sword, die by the sword kind of thing, I suppose. And it, it's worked out to a certain extent. I'll come back to you. Rangers played some brilliant football on Sunday. I don't have, after watching the game back, particularly Arribo, eh, Haji, Bakuna, Sakala, even with the efforts that he had, eh, his effort that he put into the game, um, we were brilliant. But yeah, again, we, we can see the goal that's just, look, it's, if it's offside, it is very marginal. It's a close one. It really is close. But even at that, once we had scored, the once Ross County had scored, Pretty much all of Ibrox just went, well, okay, that's the early goal out of the way for the other team. Let's go on with it now. Yeah, as I said to you at half-time, I says, the only good thing about Rangers giving these early Christmas presents is they do it within the first 10 minutes of a game. <laughs> so it, it gives you 80-odd minutes plus at a time to to win the game. It's not ideal. I mean, Rangers were really good in terms of that game and, and, and spells of it. They dominated the game, but... I mean, that goal came from Hadji on the ball, kind of dithering on a wee bit, trying to play a ball to Loons from the middle of the park, who loses it, slips a boy. I mean, he was probably marginally offside, and he slips under Gerrard, but I've lost count now how many times we've lost the first goal now. Is that 11 times or something now, I think? But it's, yeah, I think so. I know I said it's becoming a thing, and Ryan wouldn't know it is a thing, but it definitely is a thing now because we need to cut this out because it's just. I'd love to go through every goal we've conceded this year and actually look and go, nah, that was a good goal by that team. Because I bet you 80 to 90% of the goals we've conceded are from our own downfall. And again, that's another one. But to be honest, when Rangers went one down, I, 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 I didn't think. It would be one of the games in terms of withdraw or lose or something because Ross County's not that great a team and it proves where they sit in the league. And at that point, I thought, nah, Rangers have got enough to go out and beat Ross County. And they clicked in the gear. And I would say Joe Aribo, I know I blow smoke up Joe Aribo's arse all the time. You think I'm <laughs> a fanboy for him, I am. But he's, I think at times he is levels above certain players in that park who play for us, and he's a player that we talk about players that are going to leave Rangers in terms of Kent, Morelos, the usual ones, Hadji, Aribo, we never talk about as much as the rest, but he, the teams must be looking at him, because this season in particular, I just think he's miles ahead of players in that park at the moment, he's he's up there with Ryan Kent, is, is our top men, and if we lost Joe Aribo, oof, I don't know, we wouldn't go up shit to Creek, but he's just miles ahead of certain players in that park at the moment. I don't know if he's agreed. I, I 100% agree, mate. I think Joe Rebo's probably been the most consistent player. Him and Tav, eh, and that'll hurt a lot of people's ears when I say that, but um, Tav and your stats are really going to back him up this season. Okay, he's not been putting in the stats that he's been putting in over last season, but his consistently levels are 
pretty high, they really are. And but Joe Aribo, mate, he's as he said uh, in one of his interviews that Gerard calls him the kind of rule breaker, and he's I think Gerard's trying to free him up as much as he possibly can. And I think we've obviously criticised Lundstrom and Davis being in the same team, but some of that could have been to let Joe Aribo literally do what he wants to do, uh, literally just let him go. And break the rules, break the lines, get into positions where he can be, he can be seriously dangerous. And yeah, right now I think he's becoming absolutely pivotal for us. Uh, not that he wasn't before. Um, he's always he always has that in his locker, that moment to completely change a game. But uh, this season especially, he, he's right up there for me. Um, so far, I think he's been tremendous. Scotia, um, being a defender at heart, mate. Um, <laughs> in terms of the way we are conceding goals. It's not one thing, it's not one person, it's just a, one thing happens and then there's almost a state of panic where it's the state of panic causes two or three or maybe four mistakes and then we can see the goal. Yeah, I mean, defensively, I'm not sure that Golden and Balogun could have done much more. Maybe Balogun's positioning slightly, but it, it was all down to, I thought Hadji's pass... I looked, I've watched it a few times. At first, I thought it was maybe he'd maybe hit it a wee bit too heavily into Lindstrom, but the more I've watched it back, the more I'm like, no, Lindstrom's just too flat-footed. Because we, st- we started off that game pretty well. Again, usually, this is what usually happens. We start off the first couple of minutes really well. I mean, Sakala went down the line and got, got a shot away. And then, it, yeah, just in the middle, we ba- break down. Defensive stupid mistake. And it's, yeah, it's, it's becoming an issue now, our defensive mistakes. It's not our defensive play as such it's just these stupid wee individual errors and if you remember back we're always going to compare it to this previous season which is unfair because last year was so so good but if you think back to the season before that 1920 season these were the kind of wee mistakes that we were making in the European games all the time daft wee things that were putting us in trouble and we're getting punished for it didn't happen so much in the league that season but it's almost every game now in the league that we're something's some daft to be mistaken, yeah, as Ali rightly says, there's pro- it's probably about 80-95% of the goals we've conceded are preventable goals and are caused by our own daft to be mistakes. So it's not. I don't think it's something that we can work on as a team to get rid of. We, we just need to get, kick them into the Stop doing it. Pretty much, yeah. It's like the line playing badly, yeah. No, because it isn't. It's, that's what I mean. We're not. It's not individual players. You can pick out players that didn't do great in particular goals. Yes, um, there might be an, a thing in it with Lundstrom because I think he's been a cause of a few. But I mean, he's not been the cause for all of them. So it just seems to be one of the things. The second goal. I'll give much more leeway to because Gerard can completely change the back line. Um, it was that time of the game. The game was. Well and truly over. I mean, Ross County were not in that game. As I've said on the, the post-match we've done, it, this 4-2, the scoreline completely flatters Ross County because they were awful. For the majority of that match, they were absolutely awful. They got two chances and they took both of them, but apart from that, they did very little else. And I thought Rangers were really good. I'm going to be completely honest. that the Some of the movement was great, and for a much-changed team that it was, I just think you couldn't really ask for much more. We've now scored, uh, obviously, what ten goals in um, domestic league games, which is brilliant. This is what you want. Uh, but Ali, I did say if us and uh, our friends across the city keep conceding goals that we are, 
It's going to be about nine each this next old film. <laughs> oh, Christ, don't say that. <laughs> oh, can you take that? God. You know what? I'll be like a nil-nil or something. But, um, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't want to really talk about them, but they, they, I very think they are very Mark Warburton in terms of we'll score five goals. It doesn't matter if we concede three goals. That's just the way he likes to play football and he's not bothered about, about conceding. But, yeah, we, we shouldn't be conceding these sloppy goals. The, the, the second goal, ah, you can give them leeway because Bassey's playing centre-half. Nathan Parsons playing left-back. There's only 10, five, I don't know, it was 10 minutes to go with it until the end of the game. You're kind of switching off that point four and up. They were coasting at that point, Rangers. They were not even out of first gear at that point, and it happens. So I, I wouldn't be bored about that, I wouldn't be honest. But I, I thought Rangers were, I, I thought they were good. Um, I thought Ryan Kent is just, for a guy that's been out for, I don't know, seven, eight weeks, has just come right into that team, and you wouldn't have known he was out for seven or eight weeks. He looks sharp, he looks on it, and he's he's so massive for us, Ryan Kent, especially coming into that. I mean, we're, I said to you, what, today, Carney, December is an absolute... You, you look at the fixture list we've got and where we're going, it, it is wild where we're going. We've got the big semi coming up against Hibs as well, so we need these big players. We are Ryan Kent, your Joe Rebos and that. Can he have them injured? And Gerard obviously alluded to why he took Balogun off because can he risk it? Especially with Hibs coming. That's a big game for us, Hibs. I know it's a League Cup and all that, but it's big for us in terms of we need to win a trophy in terms of those two cups this season. So I think Gerard's got that earmarked. But Ryan Kent, I mean, his goal, Ryan Kent, I thought at first, I thought the keepers made an ass of that, but it's get dipped and swerved and everything. The goalkeeper like, was slightly off his line, but I mean, it was, it was some strike by Ryan Kent and at 2-1 going at half-time, I was like, that's... We'll just motor on after there. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're spot on, mate. We'll come on to individual players um, very, very shortly, mate. Uh, we'll jump to what Gerard said in the, the post-match press conference and we'll kind of interlink that with the goals. We'll discuss Rangers' goals. Um, he was very pleased with the performance. A lot of positives from the game. Picked out Aribo Sakala Bakuna for praise, uh, but he did say we need to stamp out these sloppy goals we are giving away. Um, Scotia, I'll come to you. Obviously, Ali's well known for his praise of Joe Aribo, quite rightly so. Um, but for Aribo's goal, we literally just tried that corner just before we got that corner from the other side of the park, except this time Aribo got to the ball first. And see when I seen the replay of it, it is a tremendous header. It's really, really good. You know, it's obviously something that we've been working on um, in training because Aribo's been doing that quite a lot recently. That he's kind of that's where he's hovering about when the corners are coming in. Um, so no, it was a tremendous header, and um, yeah, it shows you that the training, work in the training field works at times when when set pieces like that come off. Yeah, uh, he was then asked about Sakala and Bakuna. He said, fashion works hard for the team. Uh, he was pleased with the performance and it's what we need from our forwards um, to be selfless. Um, he also made comments about uh, 10 goals and two league matches, but no Alfredo Morelos used in the win over Ross County. Ali, are these wee warning shots getting popped at Alfredo, do you think? Potentially, yeah. I mean, that Morelos, I don't think, is away with Columbia at all. I think he's sitting here. He popped up in my Instagram live when I was at work today. I had the fear because every time he goes live <laughs> on Instagram, I think, Christ, what's he up to? Um, <laughs> but um, but I, 
I think they had to be pulled out the firing line. I mean, I did say, I think we all kind of said Roof would start through the middle. Um, so I wasn't surprised Morelos was on the bench. And what's the point of really bringing him on and potentially risking an injury when we're, we're coasting a game? And like I say, we've got the Hibs game coming up. So potentially, yeah, it is a wee warrant in Morelos in terms of I'm quite happy to place a cow through the middle at times. It's not just between you and Roof. So it is maybe a wee bit up the arse, but games like a week in Sunday when we go to Hamden, that's games where Morelos is, is made for, to be honest. So I, I'd be very surprised if he does not start that game. I think we all probably would be. I think you're, you're pretty spot on there. I think that's, that is the kind of game you want Alfredo Morelos for, um, for, for games like that at Hamden. But Scotia, I don't think... Um, I don't think Sakala did himself any damage at all. And the fact that Gerard's praising his efforts, um, his efforts for the team as well, and the way that he's um, approaching games, it's going to stand him in good stead. Yeah, I mean, I thought Sakala had a really, really good game without getting on the score sheet at the weekend there. I thought he was poor in the game Thursday night against Bronby. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was just as good a performance as the game against um, Motherwell. The previous Sunday, even though obviously the hat trick that game, but he was pulling players out of position. You know, and he gave us that something that something that we bit different. And I know when uh, Adam Thornton had asked the question about him and Kent playing and having two really speedy players up top, and it did pull Ross Kent out of position quite a lot and allowed us to kind of go through the middle more often than you know the last few few weeks, few months. We've been going out down the wings and trying to whip balls in into the box. Whereas then pulling players out of position allowed us to go a bit more centrally. Um, so now it's good to see Sakala kind of remain in the side and get Thursday night's game out of system, really. So he's done, as you say, done himself no harm at all. No harm at all. So he was then asked about Bakuna. He says he has all the tools in the locker. He scored a, a great goal and he's now ready to keep on moving. Scotia, I'll come back to you. I, I said in the post-match that I think in the first half, some things happened for him, some things didn't. But I do think he was trying to find his feet and he was trying to find the space that he knew he could take advantage of. And his goal, the wee one-two with Joe Aribo, it's an, an absolute cracking finish. Yeah, it, it was. it's almost up there with Kent's goal, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I thought we could have played really well overall. As you say, I thought it took him a wee while to grow into the game, but that's understandable. That's Is that his first start for us? Or has he started before? He's second, I think. Yeah, he is started it, before uh, somehow, yeah. Right, but he, he's, he's sort of grew into the game because I know Ali was kind of giving him a wee bit of stick at half time um, when we were out in the concourse. Um, and I, you know, that way I'm sitting listening to him going, I don't think he's been that bad. <laughs> but um, the second half, he was much, much better. Um, and, you know, he'd found his, found his place. I think there was a point, seeing the first 10 minutes, there was just one snapshot, I remember looking down, and the midfield was all over the place. They didn't know, you know, you'd had Lundstrom there, but Bakuna was in one position, Aribo was way up, or other position, Hadji was kind of up there. So it took a wee while, I think, for the midfield as a whole to kind of grow and get that. But it happened very quickly. It wasn't, it didn't take overly long. Um, and yeah, and Bakuna was great. And his goal, yeah, that, that wee one too was lovely. I tried that a couple of times. They all, I don't know if you'll come on it. They also had that chance. Was it just before Ross County scored their second that it, just goes over the over the top of the post, and that again would have been another absolute worldy um, on that day. 
I, I think that when you're talking about you hit it first time as soon as the ball came back to him, if that had went in, mate, that would have been the goal of the game. I don't think there's really any doubt about it. He was very unlucky with that. I, I do remember, Ali, actually, you're right, Scottish, at halftime on the concourse saying, uh, I would take the coon off now. <laughs> so, Ali predicted, Ali predicted that um, Rangers wouldn't concede and we should take the coon off at halftime. Ali, I hope you didn't put a coupon on it the weekend, mate, because you literally just gave the bookies money. No, my coom is gubbed the weekend. I don't put a coom this up. My coom my coom's always a Saturday, but it was it was gubbed on a Saturday. But um no, I mean I was probably a, a wee bit harsh in, in the coon of what I was kind of meaning was in the first half, kind of scotia kind of alluded to it. the midfield wasn't there wasn't much a shape to it at times. That's why I was saying I'd take the coon off and put Kamar on. It would give you a better balance. But to be fair to Bakuna. He, he grew into the game and, and the goal he scored with Joe Rebo. That's what Joe Rebo's about. See why you want to. He's like, ah, oh, he loves it, man. Same with Hadji as well. That's what these guys are made for. And great goal, fires it right into the top of the net. And from then on, I thought Bakuna was really good because at that point, as I said in the Motherwell game, they've killed the game, Rangers. It's 3 1 and they can play their game. And they did. And they probably could have went on and gave Ross County a serious doing if they wanted to. But they just kind of throttled back Rangers into first gear and thought, what's the point going hell for leather, especially with that Hibs game coming up in two weeks' time. Probably a few lads away in international duty as well, so you can understand them taking the foot off. I know us as fans want them to keep going and going and going and give teams serious doings, but I, Rangers after that just played their game and were unlucky not to score a couple more, but they were... Um, I know they were, they were good to watch, Rangers, but it kind of... Petered out the last 20 minutes, if you know what I mean, in terms of they just didn't give it first gear because it didn't have to give it first gear, Rangers. Yeah, I think the, the Gerard the Gerard substitutions think I had a big part to play in that, to be completely honest. Don't worry, everybody, I haven't forgot about Ryan Kent. We are going to come back to him, don't you worry. Uh, James Tavernier um, then causes the own goal. Um, on James Tavernier, um, Gerard said, uh, obviously 100 assists for the club it was quite a funny response actually from Gerard. he said I'm sure he would remind me of that in a minute but I'll be reminding them that we need a clean sheet so we'll both walk away happy so <laughs> I thought that was quite good a quite good insight to obviously what the, probably what the relationship's like with Tav uh, and Gerard. Uh, but I mean Ali 100 assists for our club uh, James Tavernier his stats for a right back are unbelievable it's frightening and a lot of Rangers fans don't want him to play right back. They'd rather have mm. Patterson there. I did say weeks ago when we had the discussion of do we pull Patterson? I think I think Ryan said at the time he would have played Patterson, and I was like, no, nah, persist with Tav. And he, he went on. I'm sure he'd scored a goal or something that game, or had assists. And since then, he's motored on. But he's important to the way we play football, Tav. And his assists is 100 assists for a right back. I mean. That's mental. When was mm-hmm. the last right? When was the last right back that played for Rangers that had a hundred assists? Or is there one? I'd love to know. But that's a modern day fullback now in terms of football. But I, he's um, he's he's back to his best at the moment, Tav. So no, I was um, I was happy with Tav once again. Yeah. So I have lost my video for. Only my laptop knows why I've lost my video, but I'm still here. I'll currently try and fix it. Scotia, obviously, uh, Ali just made a point there about 
um, Nathan Patterson, people screaming for him to be the right back. And then we kind of see him at left back. And Gerard had made the comments that it was more about unloading Balligan, yes, but he needs to put in put uh, Patterson in different situations. He's a lot more development to do and to continue to challenge him. Uh, you never know where when we might need him. He's now played two, seven and three, as Gerard called it, um, and it'll do him the world of good. What do you make of that, Scotia? Do you think that's something we're going to continue to see? Is Nathan Patterson popping up in maybe positions we weren't quite expecting? Well, I think there's probably only three, possibly four positions that he would play, and that would be left-back, right-back, right-midfield kind of area, and you could, would you push him even further up the points, potentially, out in the right wing? Possibly, but I doubt it, but um, that's what I would only expect him to see. I know we had this conversation, I think it was after the last international break, and kind of said, oh, we've got the headache of Patterson playing really well, and one of the options is, do you push him out to left-back from time to time? Um, I don't think it's a, it's a bad idea because he's got the pace to do it. And I know Gerard Kenny, he mentioned about his own time under Julie that he was getting played at like left back, right back, left forward, all over the place. And yeah, I think it is important that you do give players options at other positions, but I don't want to get to the stage where you've got someone just getting put there for the sake of getting put there or to fill a gap kind of thing. It needs to be positions that they can actually contribute to. And I think Patterson... You know, he's, he'll be, he's behind Barisic and Bassey for that left-back slot. But, you know, if any of them... I know Barisic has obviously come through some injury issues at the minute because he keeps coming in and out the team. Mm-hmm. So if anything yeah. happens to, to happen to Bassey, it's always good that you've got Patterson there as that option. And he's got experience, which I think Gerard said as well. At least he can't come round back to me and say, well, I've never played there before. So... Yeah, I thought we would see it at one point, and we have seen it now, but it'll be sparingly, I would imagine, for the time being. Yeah, I'd imagine it would be, if anything, like the way it was there. The game's pretty much over. We're resting a centre half or whatever, move Bassey in, play Parson, whatever, something something along the lines of that. My dad actually turned around to me when Parson was going and going, is she putting Parson at centre half? I was like, no, dad. It's <laughs> <was> like, that's <laughs> a wee bit too far, to be honest. It's going to be Bassey, to be honest. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's interesting. It's something that we we never know what we're going to quite see. And I, I just think Parson has got so much potential. He could probably play anywhere that he wanted on the pitch. He's still so young. He's got a lot of development to do. And yeah, right, he's a right back just now, and it's probably his most natural position. But who's to say that he won't play somewhere else? So it was interesting to see. But yeah, I would go along with we're probably not going to see it again probably the rest of this season. I would imagine. We're going to jump on to the two Ryans now. Um, so Ryan Jack obviously being brought on with 20 minutes to go. He said, uh, Gerard said he thought it was maybe a bit early for Ryan, uh, but he wanted to give him a boost and a word to get himself back. Needs a game behind closed doors, but you could feel the ovation for Jack. He plays for the fans, he sets the standard, uh, and at his best, he's one of the best midfielders in the league. Um, Ali, to say I was happy to see Ryan Jack back is an understatement. There was people running about me actually barming me up about how excited I got when uh, Ryan Jack came on. The ovation was absolutely great for him and it is so good to have Ryan Jack back in this team. Yeah, I know. You must have said something to Hadji as well because he was getting excited in the park when <laughs> Ryan Jack came on. He, was, tonight, he could tonight. see me. He could see Aye. me. I was doing it to him as well. He could see me. Uh, uh, he was chinning all the Rangers fans going, but to be fair to Hadji, I don't think he had to do that because we've yeah. all been waiting for Ryan Jack to come back. And 
I'll I'll be honest with myself. I I had fears going back that we wouldn't see Ryan Jack again in terms of his career may be over because of the injuries he's had, and it's brilliant to see him back. And as soon as he put, as soon as he put his foot in that ball and he was zipping balls about that park, it was like, oh yeah, see if he can get fully fit. He's maybe that missing link in that midfield that we're all looking for. Will he play against? Well, obviously, come on to Hibs, maybe in a further down show. Will he play against Hibs? I doubt it, but he'll be on a bench, I'd imagine. But he did, he looked deep. I, I could be fair, he's playing against a Ross County team that are 4 1 down at a time, but he was zipping balls about and it, it was good to see. And yeah, I just hope he, he spends, and I know he will, the next week and a half, whatever it is, really knuckling down and maybe trying to give Gerard a headache in terms of who does he start against Hibs in that midfield. Yeah, 100%, mate. I think it's probably quite worrying for me even to admit this. The first pass that he played gave me the biggest fizz of that whole game. I was just like, oh! <laughs> I was like, there's Ryan Jack back because he played it with conviction and everything. I was yeah. like, brilliant. But it, it was it was so good to see him, Scotia. And like, we just have to hope the ends of the troubles are now behind him and he's now back to being a, a, an integral part of this squad. Oh yeah, it was brilliant. There was there was love hearts in my eyes as well, Carney. Um, when, when I seen him on the bench, and then when I seen that he was coming on, because we were in that position that we were completely controlling the game and we could do it. It was far earlier than I expected. I, I did expect him to be back in time for like the Sparta Prague game at the end of the month, because um, I thought the international break would be good for him. It would let him have time, you know, going to the training centre and stuff and getting ready. So it was a bit of a shock to actually see him some minutes. It was absolutely great um, having him on. And yeah, that we missing Lincoln midfield. I know you always can kind of say that he's going to be like the replacement for Davis when Davis eventually hangs up his boots. But the way I look at Ryan Jack and the way that he was kind of playing against Ross County, who in fact, oh, actually, see, when he came back from his injury at the start of the year, he scored Ross County as well. Yeah, ah, he scored, he scored that game. And, uh, yeah. 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 I uh, so, uh, bring Ryan Jack again back against Ross County. If it, hopefully it never does, but if it ever if it ever gets injured for a long period again, do that. But yeah, but I see him more as a Kenny how Davis was round in his first spell at Ibrox, a bit more box to box, whereas Davis is a wee bit deeper line these days. And it, yeah, he does. He gives us something different and such a massive player. He's he's one of these players that's like a captain on the field. And I was I was really shocked when he didn't get given the captaincy in all honesty when mm-hmm. Gerard first came in. I thought he was a, a standout shout for it between between him and Tav, really. But I expected it to be Jack to get given the captaincy. But he's he is a captain the way he plays and the way the players respect. Yeah, and Gerard clearly loves him. Like he absolutely clearly adores Ryan Jack. I think, and what I mean in terms of, I think he's a replacement for Davis. If Davis could be box to box, Davis would be box to box. Davis has changed his style due to his age, so I think more. I mean, he's the. Yeah, he's what he will be. What Davis used to be, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, in my yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I'm all, yeah, I'm all for seeing Ryan Jack back. I was so happy. I can't take my face even thinking about the fact that Ryan Jack's back. And on the Instagram post and that after, I was like, oh, I'm so happy to see him. Really am. And um, we'll move on to the other Ryan, uh, who arguably gets the, the the last bit of this this segment, gentlemen. Um, Gerard said that he's come back in a top place. 
He's had a strong 60 minutes against County and his goal was world class. He just needs to top up physically and make sure he's ready for the semi-final. Um, the goal was tremendous. It really is. It's an unbelievable finish from him. It is everything you expect of Ryan Kent. He just looks like he's misplaying football. He really does. And it maybe he was holding a knock um, for the start of the season. Also, obviously, there was rumours of Leeds being interested, um, stuff like that. Maybe his head wasn't quite right, but Scotia, I'll come back to you. For the 60 minutes, well, the first 45 especially, Ryan Kent was pretty much unplayable. Yeah, I mean, for at points, he was my man of the match. And the only reason that I wouldn't have gave it the man of the match if it had been on the, the post-match pod that you'd done would have been because he came off at 60 minutes. But it was absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant. It doesn't look like he's missed a minute of football. So instrumental on how we want to play, want to play, particularly going forward. You know what, as well, I think he kind of takes the onus off Hadji a wee bit, that Hadji doesn't need to be... An awful lot of people look at Hadji and expect him to be do what Ryan Kent does, but they're both completely different kinds of players. And I think he allows, fees Hadji up a wee bit to do what Hadji does really well. But Kent was absolutely phenomenal. And that, that goal, again, was... World, worldly, really. Um, it wasn't even the best Rangers goal of the weekend, but um, an absolute cracker. Is that a wee, that a wee thing of the women's team? <laughs> it was, yeah. Sorry, I had to yeah. squeeze it in somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. I thought it was. I actually have seen that goal, by the way, and it is an absolute cracker of a goal. It really is. Uh, but we'll, we'll stick with Ryan Kent now. Um, Ali. There was at one point as well, he was coming from the left to right, the centre, and he made a run from the right-hand side through, and he just glides past people like they're really not there. And obviously, the only thing they can do is bring him down. He just, to have him back now and to have him back in top form, doesn't look like there's even a slight chance of having a knock. We just need to hope he's going to hit the form that we all know that Ryan Ryan Kent can hit. Yeah, he he looks injury-free. He looks ready to go. Beginning of the season, he was carrying a knock. Gerard said that he was carrying knocks. And then we played the Celtic game and 40-50% still terrorised them, to be fair. He's the most feared player in the league in terms of opponents because they just stand off. They, 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 they kind of get tight on him. They need to stand off him. He's his, his feet are so quick with his feet. He can he can shoot obviously as well, which he's added to his game over the last year or so with Rangers. But he's just he's so important to us. And folk can have a pop up now again if he doesn't play brilliant for the whole ninety minutes. But that's the type of player he is. But he can tear. Oh, there's the song. Ryan Kent will tear you apart. He can mm-hmm. tear teams apart. And yeah, Hibs will be looking at that going shite. Ryan Kent's back. <laughs> he's played. He's played 30 minutes against Bromby. He's played 60 minutes against Hibs. Like I said, he looks like a guy that's never been out of a football team. You'd have thought he'd been playing every week this season. He just looks raring to go. And he's not on international duty this week. So, to me, he gets another week and a half training in the legs. He will be raring to go at Hamden against Hibs. And he's the first name in that team sheet every week now. But... You can just see what we've missed in terms of Ryan Kent. He just adds that, like I say with Joe, with Joe Rebo, that bit of quality that some players just, they don't have that X factor. And he's got it, Ryan Kent. He really has. And we mean, we will, him and Aribo, the two of them, will hard to hold on to them after this summer, I'd really. But that's a different, that's a different discussion for later on. But no, 
he's um, he just looks raring to go, Ryan Kent, and I, I can't wait to see him again, especially at Hamden coming up. Yeah, it's there's something really special about a player when he gets the ball and he's got a wee yard on a defender and you know he's about to run at him, you immediately lean forward because you know this could something special could happen here. And uh, his goal is uh, generally is world class. It is an absolute screamer of a shot. The keeper has got no chance for that. It's dipping, swerving, everything that you possibly can imagine. Uh, and it's a great goal. And yeah, if uh, it's probably not even right the fact that he was good for 45. He was kind of in and out it for the, the first 15 of the, the second half. But he, he probably he's probably up there for man of the match shout, to be honest. Um, but a really good performance overall for Rangers. Uh, obviously, it was the two stupid goals we conceded. But apart from that, we, we were firing. We just need to, to stamp that out. So, we'll move on. Uh, we no preview to finish up on this week. We're going to take a, a wee dive into the rumour mill. Um, we'll start with, obviously, the... The rumour that's all over social media just now is that Gerard has been linked with the Aston Villa job. So Villa are expected to speak to at least five or six managers as they narrow down their search for a successor. Having sacked Dean Smith on Sunday following a five straight Premier League defeats, Gerard is reported to be on a shortlist uh, for the role at Villa. The easy link being as he's a close friend of Villa. Uh, CEO Christian Puzzle following their time together at Liverpool when Puzzle was the managing director. Ali, your your thoughts on the link of Gerard moving to Aston Villa? Um, obviously, a Premier League job comes up, mate. He's obviously going to get mentioned. You can look at it two ways, in my 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 opinion. You can be thankful the fact that we've got a manager that other people want. You could also just say it's an easy story to make. So, what's your what's your thoughts on it? I look at it in a positive way in terms of teams, especially Premiership teams, and down there, a lot of them think of us as a as a diddy league up here. To be honest, mm-hmm. so for Premiership teams to to look at to look at our manager as a as a front runner for them, I know he was linked with Newcastle and he's been linked to other Everton, I think it was, and other jobs previously. Um, yeah, I, I look at it as a positive in terms of he's been linked to Aston Villa. Would he want to go to Aston Villa? Only Gerard can answer that. You mean this is his fourth season at Rangers, which is um, in modern day football quite long for a football manager, to be honest. Four years is usually tops five, really. To me, I think he stays at Rangers this season, wins the league, wins a cup, gets us into Champions League, has a crack at that, and maybe then he leaves then. But Aston, I mean, Aston Villa, I, I, I'm not going to disrespect Aston Villa. They're, they're a decent sized club in the Midlands. Probably the biggest, I don't know, Birmingham fans would argue with that one, but the biggest club in the Midlands probably. But the thing with Aston Villa is either down near the relegation zone at that moment, all his job would be, Gerard, would be to keep them in that premiership. And it doesn't matter who goes into Aston Villa, it's to keep them in a premiership. They're a mid, mid to low table premiership team. That's it. They're never going to do it in Aston Villa. And that's not disrespectful to them, but they're not because of the money that the top guys in the Premiership have. You can't compete with them. And there's Newcastle getting money thrown at me as well. So it's dangerous because you could go there and, for all we know, make, make a complete arse of it and his stock lowers or he stays at Rangers. Like I say, wins a title, wins a cup, which we want, gets us into Champions League and his stock rises even more. And then at that point, is Jurgen Klopp still at Liverpool, because we all know that's where he wants to go. Folk can say, I Aston Villa's a stepping stone to Liverpool, but in my eyes, nah, stay at Rangers, do what I've just said there, and then 
potentially maybe move to Liverpool or a European side and then Liverpool. But for me, I I can't see him going, if I'm being honest. And Emma Dodds asked the question a couple of weeks ago and he basically told her, don't ask me stupid questions. So, <laughs> yeah, so no he me. did. Yeah, it was a dialogue settled, so don't ask me silly questions, I won't give you silly yeah. answers. Um, Scotia, are we being slightly naive as Rangers fans that we think the only other job that Gerard will possibly leave us for is Liverpool or is the fact that it's rumoured, or well, things can change, but Jurgen Klopp is set to leave Liverpool at the end of 2024. Gerard's contract runs out with us in 2024. So is the natural successor Gerard, and he's going to stay with us till 2024. Are we being naive thinking that that he'll stay for the he see out the rest of his contract? Yeah, because what 2024 will take him to what seven seasons in charge, six, seven seasons in charge of us. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really long time for I mean, even a manager back in the 90s, seven years was it was a really long time. So um yeah, I, I I think Gerard will eventually leave before Klopp leaves Liverpool, if I'm being honest. But the problem you've got with going to a Premier League club is that if you mess it up, you, you scupper your chances. And then also, if you're doing really well, your compensation that Liverpool have to pay a team in the same division will be really high as well. I mean, my manager at work is a Villa fan. And um, I was actually speaking to him today and he said, oh, how do you feel about your manager leaving? And it completely took me off guard for a second because I thought he was talking about him. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, right, no, you mean, you mean Gerard? <laughs> you mean Gerard, right, okay. And um, and he was saying, like, the, the papers down in, um, in Birmingham are like, all saying that, like, oh, they're going to come out with rumours that are quoting that he's um, agreed personal terms, things like this. As far as I'm aware, I don't think Rangers, uh, I don't think it's happened. I was listening to David Edgar and the daily update today and I think he'd said that Rangers haven't been contacted yet so if personal terms have been agreed that's um, is that not fall under the Kenny old Sam Allardyce kind of backhanded stuff <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah I think he'll leave but like Ali says I think it's maybe to like a European team at some point and yes does it should he leave Rangers I, I'm being selfish and well I would hate a manager to leave halfway through a season um, for us, particularly where we're sitting where we are, where it's you know, we're not running away with the league at the moment we can if we play start sorting out these defensive issues, but um, we're not running away with the league it's halfway through a season He's, I, I think he would want to get that second title, because I think that's almost as important, just as important as getting as your first title is continuing that, that success we're all but guaranteed Champions League football if we do win the title. There's always that outside chance that we'll get scuppered, but hopefully it won't. Be, it would just be like us for like Man U to go win the Champions League and finish sixth in the Premier League and us to go <laughs> not to go in. So yeah. hopefully that doesn't happen. He's got the chance of group football. So I think I think that's a better proving ground for him right now is that like elite European football group stages. It's a bit of a better proving ground than going to the Premier League and potentially messing it up. I think this would be more a more um he'd look at this more favourably himself, Gerard, probably than he would the Newcastle job. I think Villa are sitting in a I mean obviously they're 16th at the moment. They've started the season really well, they've been horrific recently. But they've got a really good squad at the moment as well, whereas Newcastle squad needs tore up and 
completely rebuilt. Whereas mm-hmm. Villa, actually, when you look, sit down and look at Villa's squad, there, there is a good squad there. Um, it would also give me the fear because if he goes to Villa, I would imagine that would be us saying goodbye to Kent very shortly afterwards as well. So, but would I don't he, think would he, he will go. Sorry, Scotia. Just I get. I, I think it's Gerard and the his interviews never that he gets a buzz with being at Rangers because we're winning. We can go and win titles. We can go into Europe. Would he get a buzz managing Aston Villa in terms of finishing mid-table as a success for them? Drawing a few games, losing. He gets the buzz out of Rangers in terms of you need to win every week at Villa. No. I don't think he would get the same buzz, if you know what I mean. Take away the time he played for LA Galaxy. The clubs he's been at have been Liverpool and Rangers, who are like two of the biggest clubs in British football. I'll look at this. People will laugh at me, but I'll look at this through historic, historical eyes of myself. And I would say that those are two of the biggest clubs in, in British football that demand success all the time. They're not happy if you draw. They're not happy if you get beat. Whereas Villa, are a, yeah, they're a big club. They've got a great history. But I don't think the expectation level's the same. So, yeah, you might, might look at that and go, no, not for me. But I think it's certainly a more attractive job than the Newcastle job is, I would say. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think it's a much more attractive job than the Newcastle job. You don't want anywhere near that. That's a, a poison chalice. My, my, my opinion on it is if we were a year further down the road here and we'd won the league, all hypothetical I know, we'd won the league, possibly won a cup, and we were getting to the Champions League, and we were either doing, we were probably not doing great in the Champions League in terms of we were maybe going to drop into Europa League stages or whatever, then I would be feeling much more nervous about Gerard leaving, to be honest, because I think he would think, I've probably reached my ceiling here, there's probably not much more for me to do. However, in the state that we're in just now, and what we are going for, where we are in the league, everything that's ahead of him left to achieve. I do personally think he wants a crack at the Champions League with Rangers. I don't think uh, there's any doubt about it. He's not half cut his European teeth in terms of how many times we've had to play European footballs in the Europa League. I mean, we've played about 90 million games. I don't even know how many we played under Gerard. A lot. So I think he, he's, he's looking for that opportunity. I believe that from what you read anyway, Liverpool fans want him, but they don't want him yet. Um, they all know Klopp's going to leave eventually. And the natural successor, to me, would be Steven Gerrard, because I think especially if Klopp manages to win another two, one or two titles, Liverpool ha- fans will then give as much leeway to Gerrard as they can in terms of when he first comes in, if he has to do a slightly rebuilding job, bring a few players in, whatever else, then it, it would build a foundation to go on and be the Liverpool manager for possibly the next five, six, seven, maybe eight years. I don't think there would be any rush to get rid of him. I think he's the... He would be, in my personal opinion, he would be the next... I don't even know. The next kind of... Alex Ferguson to Liverpool. That's a terrible thing to link Manchester United to Liverpool. But you know what I mean by that, don't you? You know what I mean. He would be the next thing that people would be like... You would think of Liverpool and you immediately think Steven Gerrard as a manager. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm not 100% sure. It's an easy link to make. Obviously, the club haven't said anything. They're keeping it quite stump. So all the things about um, our personal terms have been agreed and stuff, I don't think that's true. I think that's all just paper talking. That's just trying to gather speed. 
there's journalists trying to make it gather speed. Uh, obviously, none of them don't have any inside knowledge, so I would just keep your eye on um, Rangers official stuff and probably heart in hand. Um, I'd imagine they'll get word of anything happening before anybody else would, to be completely honest with the relationship they have with the club. So, yeah, it's just... One of the things we're literally going to need to see what happens. It's really over to if Villa actually make any contact at all to speak to Gerard. So I would be devastated if he left now, to be completely honest. I don't know that would be a, a sore one. Not quite, uh, I want four cans and I want Brendan Rodgers back, but I wouldn't be far off that, to be completely honest. Uh, so, I mean, we're going to have to wait and see. As I say, we really are. Um, but... This is the probably the, the 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 one link that's been made that I've thought we well, could fancy something like that. Another negative, if he does decide to go, I think you're saying goodbye to Bill and McAllister, and I think right, that every yeah. single person would go with him because obviously yeah. there's been the rumours that Michael Bill could poss- possibly be his successor. Scott, are you going to say something now? Yeah, was McAllister not at Villa Bay? Hulley? When Hulley was the manager, I'm sure McAllister oh, was part of his coaching staff. Maybe. Hundred percent, that whole backroom. I mean, this is all hypothetical here, but a hundred percent, his whole backroom staff would go because of the yeah, team. Including so, yeah. yeah, including yeah. Bill. Yeah, including yeah. Bill. Obviously, I'm only saying that because there's been rumours yeah. that Michael Bill could potentially take over from Stephen Gerrard when he leaves Rangers. But if he was to go now, a hundred percent, absolutely, everybody's going with him, which is uh, a <laughs> a tough one to take as well. You'd just be kind of standing there with your pants down the middle of the park, just like that. Where, where is everybody? <laughs> where's Graham? Uh, so... Where's Graham Marty when you need them? Definitely. So as I say, we're going to need to wait and see with it, but I, I feel rather confident that Gerard's not finished yet. He's not I feel like he's got unf- he feels like he has unfinished business with Rangers. Uh, I might be being naive as a Rangers fan, possibly, but I, I just think he's He's not quite through with Rangers uh, yet, so but we'll, we'll wait and see. So we'll just finish up quickly, lads. Um, it was uh, Stephen Davis who said in an interview that he's thinking about his international career. He's thinking about maybe calling it quits uh, after the current round of World Cup qualifiers uh, international football. Obviously, obviously, there everybody starts making the link that he's going to completely chuck the game forever. I don't think that is necessarily true. Ali, if he does decide to um, hang up his international career boots, um, he's going to be remembered as one of the the greatest players that Northern Ireland have ever had, and he'll he's probably going to be the the most capped British player of all time for a long time to come. Yeah, he's broken umpteen records, and he probably will be the greatest ever Northern Ireland in terms of caps and everything, and what he's achieved in Northern Ireland. You'd, you'd assume he would be. It's only. Th- 36 now, uh, Davis. Um, mm. Northern Ireland at the moment are pretty much done in the world, well, they are done in the World Cup group, so they're not really getting to play for anymore. So, yeah, I knew he wouldn't play at the weekend. He was sitting in front of me at, the, at my seat at Ibrox as, as he was sitting up there. So, he does that sometimes, Gerard, when, when he's got these games for Northern Ireland. I think he kind of helps him in that way in terms of, because he, he knows he likes playing for Northern Ireland. He does so. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And if he gets these two games in and whatever they're playing Northern Ireland and then maybe calls it quits then, then fair play. And but being purely selfish, it would benefit Rangers because we probably wouldn't need to rest him as much. And I know we harp on about it all the time in terms of well, we might need to rest Stephen Davis this start. And we've said that for two years now. And we really probably don't need to rest him, to be honest, because he keeps going and going, Davis. But being purely selfish... 
it would benefit Rangers as a football club if Steve Davis wasn't playing international. Just the journeys as well, all these places he's going to, and he plays 90 minutes for them all the time. <laughs> and that just kept, gives, me, gives me the fear, not just him being away, but other players in case they get injured. But yeah, no, you'll be remembered as, 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 an, as an utter great for Northern Ireland. And um, you can understand this thinking now at the age he's at. So, no, fair play to him. Even Scotia, the, the in the post-match interviews, can't remember what one it was. Gerard actually said, um, "Oh, there's an important international break coming up," and he was like, "None, none more as important as the <laughs> nothing's as important as the semi-final," which I thought was great. I generally thought it was brilliant. But what I'm leading that on to, mate, is the fact that obviously Stephen Davis was sitting in the stands. He was just in the box in front of yourself and Ali um, on Sunday. Do you think Davos maybe looking at that and going, I don't want to be sitting up here when Rangers are playing. I want to be playing all the time, and he's going to have to make the choice. It's either international football or kind of more regular starts for Rangers. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, I was waiting for you to bring up that um, that quote from the post match interview because I, I was going to bring it up myself because I, I thought you I thought you would maybe have started with that. But obviously, because I, I do like international football, <laughs> Gerard would have went hit me if I'd said that to him at that point, probably. <laughs> but yeah, it's something I, I remember when I was younger. I always get confused by players that were like, "Oh, not turning up for country just because the way I'm, I like support a team, club team, and mm-hmm. an international team." And it always kind of confused me. But you know, as I got older and stuff, and realised why players do, you know, put, put a wee bit of time to pull it early and um, towards the end of their career. You know, you get more time with your family potentially rather than being away all the time. So as maybe looking at that, I mean, it, it, basically what he said, I've not listened to his interview, but I've, I've like read some of the quotes, and just basically what he said is that he's he'll sit back at the end of the campaign and he'll reflect. He's not given a yes or no answer. He's just, he'll reflect and he says he's that he's been doing that almost every campaign, but I would imagine, you know, what he's done previously. But he's, he's, I mean, he's managed to take Northern Ireland to those Euros, you know, they qualify for the Euros, which I can't remember the last time Northern Ireland had qualified for a tournament prior to that. It was longer than certainly Scotland ever had. So he, he goes down as one of Northern Ireland's best ever players, I think. What it says to me, you know, you'd mentioned at the start that people were maybe thinking, oh, that's him hanging him up his boots completely. But even if there's a, a modicum of truth to um, him retiring from international football, what it says to me is that he still wants to play on at club level because um, that's what you see an awful lot of players to do. They'll give themselves a wee bit more longevity um, for their club team. If that's to be with Rangers, then, yeah, I couldn't be happier because he's as we keep on saying, he's an absolute role model. Um, the utmost professional kind of guy. And you want him around the club and you want your younger players learning off him. So whatever he decides to do, good luck to him. And if it is, if it is, if he does decide to hang up his boots from international football, I think they play, is it Italy they play at Windsor Park? And that would be his That's last right. game. That's a bit of a way to go out with a team, like, a team as good as that. So um, I... It'll do what it'll do, but would, selfishly, it would be really good for Rangers. But yeah, we'll see what happens with that one. An overhead kick against Italy would be a good way for him to sign off, that's for sure. <laughs> um, no, as I say, obviously, it's down to him. He He's going to know how he feels um, within himself, but it would only be a good thing for Rangers, my personal opinion. Same thing we had the conversation about with Scott Arfield as well, because he was going away for Canada, and it was obviously taking a good bit out of him. But yeah, Dave would be. One of the greats, um, if not the greatest Northern Ireland, uh, Northern Ireland player ever. So yeah, but uh, uh, 
I'll do this for tonight, gentlemen. That'll do. No game to preview. It's weird getting into a club deck corner, not having a, a game to preview. Um, so coming up, Walter Smith, the manager, uh, will be on our channel on Friday. We will celebrate the most successful Rangers manager in the modern era. So keep your notifications on for that one. We are all really looking forward uh, for that one. We have put a bit of effort into this one, so hopefully it doesn't let you down. Ali, thank you very much for your time, mate. Not a problem. I look forward to that, Walter Smith. But I'll need to actually sit down. I've not had time yet, but I'll need to sit down and put a bit of homework into it. So, but a lot of Walter Smith ones are stuck right in my head. So hopefully I can just pull them out for you. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I won't let you away with that, but you are going to need to do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scotia, thanks very much, mate. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, as Ali says, um, looking forward to the, the water pod that we're going to do. I've been thinking long and hard about certain things and I'm trying to think out the box and a couple, a couple of the things that we're going to discuss. So, um, yeah, it should be should be interesting when we do that. Should be a good one. Yeah, really looking forward to it. So, yeah, that'll do us. Um, Club Act 22 is supported by Manscaped, the best of men's below-the-waist grooming. Uh, go to manscaped.com. Use the code CLUBAT22 for... 20% off and free shipping. Um, you'll be supporting us if you do so. So thank you to everybody for that. Your balls will definitely thank you. And just a shameless plug, um, please like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel, give us a wee five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, like and share anywhere that you can, leave a comment, tell your friends, tell your family about us. Um, thank you to everybody for listening into the international week we go. Um, still conceding silly goals, uh, but starting to score more, starting to perform much more consistently, and most importantly, we are still top of the league. So thank you uh, for listening to us tonight. Uh, we are Club at 22, the Champions Podcast, and we'll speak to you all next time. Cheers.